This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on? Not much. We've got a great episode for you Caps fans, as always, on this Monday. We'll be talking about league news, some suspensions, injuries, anything that we've got uh, going on around the NHL, and of course, your very own Washington Capitals. It was a short week this week, so um, should be a short episode. A short good week on top of that, something that you probably haven't heard us say in quite a while. On Thursday, we'll be talking about the Olympics only, so we'll give you the whole tournament for hockey in review. I believe there's there may be a couple things still, a couple events going on still. I don't think close. I don't know. I've been I've been off the Olympic train after being disappointed by Team USA. Polly, do you know if they're they're still running stuff or because closing ceremonies hasn't haven't happened as of today, right? Uh, I think it's at some point today. Okay. All right, so as the Olympics are closed by the time that you're listening to this via podcast format, um, Olympics will be over, and we'll be able to give you a little rundown as to uh, what happened. But for today's episode, let's talk about the NHL. Uh, Pops and taps? Yeah, buddy. One, two, three. Um. You know what, Polly? Just a quick aside. I think that our only, like, the most commonly asked or surprised uh, thing that people talk about when they come on our show is about that, the popping of the tabs. <laughs> yeah, they're really disappointed that it's a soundbite. It is. It is. I mean, we we did it, like, once, and we do drink, generally, throughout the whole podcast, but, I mean... I think that that's just a testament to how amazing the editing is. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, give yourself a big pat on the back because <laughs> you fooled everyone. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, big news story. Jack Eichel, this guy you may have heard of literally every day except for like the past month um, uh, in the NHL has had his debut Wednesday with a 2 nothing loss to the Avalanche. Um, he was a minus one, four penalty minutes, one shot on goal, one hit, um, one giveaway and one takeaway. Polly, what, what do you, what do you think? 17 minutes time on ice. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really expect him to come back and light it up right away. I watched the the highlights and there wasn't uh, a whole lot of him in them. So, you know, I think that's to be expected. Um, he was below 50% at the, at the faceoff dot. So I'm sure he'll want to improve that as well, but you know, coming out and putting in 17 minutes coming right off of that injury and getting a shot on net, you know, still the fact that he laid a hit, you know, he's obviously feeling confident in his new neck. Um, <laughs> You know, it's good, it's good to see him back as an also Avalanche fan. I hate that he's with Vegas, but um, I'm glad to see him playing. And, you know, maybe uh, if Vegas doesn't go to the Stanley Cup, we'll get to see him play in uh, Finland in the World Championships this year. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, glad to have him back. It looks like that shoulder or that neck surgery, you know, 
there was a big dispute as to whether he was going to get it in Buffalo and they wanted him to fuse his neck together and all this other shit. Uh, Vegas takes him and says like, yeah, I don't, we don't care. Do whatever you want. And he does. And then at this time he's like, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of pressure to do something great in this game. Um, I'm not surprised that he didn't do much. In fact, his stat line doesn't look very good at all. The thing that does stick out to me, though, is like you said, Polly, 17 minutes on, time on ice first game back. They must feel that he's in good shape. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been skating for a month, month and a half, so that's probably all he's really been doing It's just right. getting the lungs and the legs back. But also, it really sucks that his first game back was the Avalanche. I mean, <laughs> he yeah. probably would have wanted someone like Seattle or, <laughs> or Arizona. Right, a cupcake uh, to beat up on yeah. for sure, but uh, you know that's the the Knights need him now, and if he's going to be a, a major part of the team, which is what they're hoping for, he can't really pick and choose the games in which he comes back on. Uh, I'm sure he was super excited to get back, but uh, you know, interesting story. So we'll be following it, and uh, you know, if anything crazy happens, we'll let you know. Um, yeah, but, just to skip ahead, um, yeah. just because it's relevant. You know, Mark Stone is now on long-term IR, so that just adds to what you were saying. They want something from him now, big expectations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's the best replacement you could ask for losing Mark Stone. So, sure. you, know, you know, hopefully well, for his sake and for the team's sake, they hopefully can get it together. But uh, I'm rooting for a, a great Jack Eichel season in a, a Vegas tank. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, Vegas has had a lot of injuries, like you'd said, uh, and I mean, but they just keep coming up with riches, man. Uh, it's inter- It'll be interesting to see in like a decade how the what the Knights are doing because they have this Im- this Im- true embarrassment of riches with with both draft stock because of everybody shitting the bed and uh, during the expansion, all these other GMs being held over the barrel to give up players, to give up, to save players, uh, and being bribed with draft picks. So first of all, the, the Knights were good when they first came out and now they're, uh, they've got a ton of, they, they've, you know, they're definitely more ahead than the Kraken are, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how sustainable it is in the long term. Yeah. I mean, they should, I mean, Conceivably, they're set up for a long-term, you know, success. You know, maybe not exactly Stanley Cup within their first decade, but definitely, you know, a competitive, highly touted team for uh, for years to come. So, while the Kraken didn't receive that luxury because they weren't the first expansion team in however many years, um. It's just interesting. So it'll be interesting to see because, like I said, they had all these draft picks being thrown at them to, to save players, and they still got it done, still went deep into the playoffs their first year and uh, continue to, to be a decent team. Um, so interesting stuff that we'll be following. But moving on, Tyler Toffoli was traded to the Calgary Flames by the Montreal Canadiens for Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman and a first-round pick in the 2022 draft, and a fifth-round pick in the 23 draft. Um, looks like the Canadians are going full rebuild here. Yeah, I'd say so. They've definitely given up on this season. They probably realized that last year was a fluke. 
you know, Toffoli came out and had a goal in his first game. That's always a, a good impression to make. I think the Canadians either have or have had three different pit licks on the roster. So maybe they're just, you know, making a, an all-star team out of, I don't even know if they're all related or not, but um, it's good to see Tyler Toffoli getting to be a, a competitive team. Cause he's, he's a good hockey player, Stanley cup champion, and is probably just driving him nuts being in Montreal. Yeah. And, and it's crazy to think that Tyler Toffoli is a Stanley cup champion. That must've been like his rookie year with LA. I think it was. Yeah, and and he was a contributor there, and then he kind of, you know, you stopped hearing about him because he was in L.A., and L.A. wasn't very good, um, but he became, like, their only guy, and then, you know, you go to, goes to Montreal, does pretty good there. I mean, I picked him up on Fantasy, and I haven't, I haven't dropped him since going to the Flames. I think that he's just going to get even better there, and uh, he's definitely with the number one Canadian contender, at least in my eyes now. Oh yeah, Calgary is—they're—they're um, they're a tough team. <clears throat> I think they're going to give the, the Central Division a lot of trouble. And wait, are they in the Central? No, they're in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. So that's even better for them being right. in the Pacific. And you know, the off-season addition of Blake Coleman and now Tyler Toffoli—they've—they've—they've they've, they've got a good shot of making some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's it's two opposite teams, which is honestly the type of situation that you want to trade in, right? Like a team that's given up on the season, giving up, uh, getting assets to a team who want, who needs a player who's trying to win now. And I think that's what you have here with the Flames and the Canadians. Um, I mean, look at that return: two NHLers, a first round pick, and a fifth round. Jeez, that's a that's quite a big return for Tyler Toffoli. It is, and it definitely is a, a rebuild mentality because they're not big names they got back for them, but they're people who have gotten playing time and grabbing stuff for the future. So they kind of got the best of both worlds there in Montreal. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so interesting to see, and with their new GM and coaching staff, you know, we'll see what, what happens. Um, so... Well, a couple of weeks ago, we reported that they let their GM go. They've let they fired their coaches. I mean, they're they're it's a top down change, uh, and I think it's going to put probably put waves to that organization. So, you know, the big key for them is whether they're going to have Carey Price moving forward, or if they're going to have to start drafting again in the goalie position. Um, in any case, it's uh, it's a not great situation for a team who's had a precipitous drop from going to the finals last year, right? Yeah, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter they were saying that um, Montreal could end up being one of the few teams to go to the Cup and finish in last place. <laughs> yeah, wild stuff, wild stuff. Uh, Nick Ritchie traded by the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday for Ryan Zingle and Ilya Labushkin and a conditional pick in the tra- in the in the draft. Um, I'm not really sure what to what to make of this one, dude. What do you think? Well, I think it's a lot like the other trade where you got one team who's trying to make a push and making an exchange with um, with a team who doesn't really have a chance. I only recognize the Zingle. I mean, he's a good pickup, and you know, good for him for 
signing with the Coyotes and then getting himself out of there, not even by his own free will. But yeah, I think uh, Toronto's trying to trying to fill some holes here because I mean I haven't looked at the standings recently, but I, I mean I'm pretty sure they're they're very much in contention and they're going to have some pretty tough teams to get through. So they're probably trying to find holes and patch them wherever they can. Yeah. And Richie was a 10th overall by the ducks. Um, he's only 26. He's a big winger, real big. I mean, six two two thirty four. That's a big boy. So, uh, looks like, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, interesting, interesting to see. I, I think that he's definitely going to help, uh, the coyotes. Yeah. All well, right. speaking of trades, one we mm-hmm. went over last week, Andrew Hammond, who was traded to the Canadians, I believe from the wild, he got his first start today on Sunday and it's his uh, first start in four years. The last one was for the avalanche on March 28, 2018. I remember that cause he, um, he came in relief of, well, it wasn't even Grubauer back then. It would have been, um, Varlamov. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was Varlamov. The, the abs had lost two, maybe three goalies and the Hamburglar came in and had a couple big wins. And, um, I'm glad to, and currently they are beating the Islanders two to one. He's got 21 saves on 22 shots. So good for him. And, you know, it's just funny because last week we were, like discussing on how relevant that trade really even was. And right here we are. Yeah. And it's interesting. To, I mean, it's crazy to think that he hasn't had a start in four years. I I mean, it seems like it doesn't seem that long ago when people were throwing hamburgers on the ice. <laughs> yeah, I know. When, when I looked at that, I was, it, you know, COVID is still uh, completely ravaging my understanding of time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, so what you got some World Junior stuff here? Yeah, so at the Olympics, the IIHF president, Luke Tardif, came out and said that they're going to have World Championships this summer in, uh, I believe it's going to be in August, and it was uh, in Red Deer in Edmonton, and so they're going to reset the tournament. It's going to be a new competition, which means we forget the results, he said. So Team huh. USA's... Um, forfeit for COVID issues and you know every every game that's happened it's a whole new slate and um, I didn't see if they're what the roster situation is because there's no doubt going to be guys who are going to they they'd be too old by that point but maybe they'll give them the grace period because they were on the team so that'll be something to look into in the future but in August there will be a world juniors and then theoretically there'll be another one in january um and then on that note this is the first year that there's going to be a women's world championship the same year as an olympics normally they use the olympics as the world championship uh you know it, they, they don't play both like the right. men's the uh, men's league does but they are going to play both this year and we'll get more into that on Thursday, but um, you know, Team USA will have a chance to avenge the loss, and oh, I mean they'll get a chance to avenge both gold medal losses. 
right. that they've suffered in Canada within the last year. I mean, we're pretty lucky. We're going to get to see the women's team play for three world championships in less than a calendar year, really. Yeah, and, and is this a sign that the world is healing? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I it's got to be partly because they're seeing the, the growth of the popularity of the women's game and also they may be trying to make up for the fact that they didn't get to play in 2019 or 2020. Yeah, and then they're just whatever, making up whatever for... Whatever year. Right, and then they're just making up for the World Juniors, the men's side, just in general. So, yeah. Um, I mean, hold on to your butts, hockey fans. We've got a lot of ho- a lot of a lot of great international hockey to be watching. Yeah. So you know, we'll have August full of international tournaments, and then you know, I think we may have mentioned this at some point. The NHL wants to do a World Cup mid-season, I believe, in twenty twenty-four. Right, and of course they'll they'll. They'll pull out of the stops for that, but uh, the Olympics, go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if if they do like it, and then the NHLers go back to the Olympics, it'd be pretty nice every two years we'll have a an international tournament. You know what? I, I think at this point, I'd rather just keep the Olympics what the Olympics is and just fuck, fine, NHL, you win. All the NHLers can play the World Cup of Hockey. Or whatever the fuck they're calling it, you know. You know, I actually, I kind of agree with that. Um, I liked the Olympics. I think the fact that Team USA put out a better roster this year made it more enjoyable. Yeah. And um, I'd be, I would actually be okay with if they're going to consistently do the World Cup, then I'm okay with keeping the NHLers out of the Olympics. Right. Batman wins again. Yeah. Fucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville versus Tampa in the stadium series in Nashville, February 26th at 7.30, where country music will take center stage. So, you know, if you're into that bullshit, enjoy. Um, the stadium, the the layout for the stadium looks pretty badass. I will, I will admit that. But, uh, you know, if I wanted to hear about my dog dying, my truck breaking down, crawling on my hands and fucking knees back to Texas, then... I'd listen to country music, but I don't. Well, you'll have your chance. <laughs> yeah, so you'll have your chance here if you're into that good old honky-tonk. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get Nashville is like country music capital, right? Or something like that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of other music in Nashville. I don't know. I guess they kind of have to lean into it, right? Yeah, I mean... You know, there's probably a lot of uh, rappers in Seattle, but in Seattle, you got to go with the grunge. Right. Fair enough, I guess. I guess. Um, so, so all the boomers who are mad at, at the Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> tune in to to the hockey, uh, the stadium series in Nashville, where you can enjoy all of that shit that you like. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll be watching. Of course you will. Um, and last and least uh, bit of news here, uh, Crosby, that shitbird, finally scored, finally scored his 500th goal. I mean, it took him long enough. Ovechkin did it six years ago. Um, no one with two brain cells to rub together really cares, though, right? Yeah. I mean, 
He, uh, I think he's one of the closest ones to Ovechkin in yeah. terms of goals scored in that time frame. Sure. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't care. I mean, good or whatever. Good for him. And, uh, I, I don't care. <laughs> he's a good hockey player, but I don't care. Right. Yeah. And he has, he plays for a shit team. So fuck him. Um, Going to injuries, though, as we just as we uh, covered, Mark Stone currently on LTIR for the Knights. Uh, Jesse Pulyarvi will be sidelined for four weeks with a lower body injury. He's fifth in points on the Oilers. That's a big loss for the Oilers. He's definitely yeah, I mean, one of those secondary scoring guys they need. Yeah, someone who's not Dreisaitl, McDavid, or Nugent Hopkins. Exactly, exactly. Um and then suspension news. There's been a lot of like fines. Your boy Jamie Ben uh, got a little bit of a fine going uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, there's been a couple more fines that you know. There's so many people get, uh, for cross checks. You know, they're the NHL is doubling down on that. Obviously, this season, but not really anything newsworthy except for the Marchand suspension will be upheld, and he can come back on February 24th against the Kraken. I just love that he decided to challenge it. Like, just just to waste everybody's time. <laughs> what a rat. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, he did set the record for the most suspensions in NHL history. Oh, really? Eight? Yeah. Eight's the record? That was his eighth. I mean, that yeah, that's what, um, you know, there were reputable news stations sharing out that information, so I assume it's true. Yeah, and you know what? I have to agree that from his standpoint, like, yeah, he wasn't hurting anyone. Nobody's going to get hurt by screwing with Jari. Was it a classless shit bum play? Absolutely. But at the same time, I laughed. Uh, I mean, if it didn't happen to Tristan Jari, I probably would be a little bit more upset about it. But I, yeah. I anything that bad happens to the Penguins, I just laugh and laugh and laugh. So, um you know, whatever, and of course, it's Marsh. There's no, there's no better uh, person in the league to be handing out that type of fuckery than Brad Marchand. Yeah, I mean, he's basically our generation, or not our generation, this generation's Sean Avery. <laughs> yeah, except except actually good at hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offense, Sean. Don't I don't know firebomb my house. <laughs> well. Um, you can come on our Sean, come on our show and defend yourself, you piece of scum. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I don't know. I feel like he would just hurt our feelings. He probably would. Oh, he would. <laughs> He'd make us like quit podcasting, quit our jobs, go live in Mexico. <laughs> just fetal position in the corner. Um Yeah. Yeah. Funny stuff. Uh so yeah, Marshawn, all all of everybody who hates him. Um, you know, got their wishes. He's going to be out for the full term of his suspension and, uh, he's just going to serve it. And then I think the thing that, that he said through him with the, uh, with Tristan Jari thing was Jari said, how about that fucking save? And that was enough for Marshawn to just completely go off. <laughs> what a baby. I know, I know, I know. Like, um, this guy goes around licking people and throwing <laughs> cheap shots, and a goalie taunts him a little bit for making a save. Yeah. <laughs> and he loses his mind. 
and punches him in the head and then slaps him in the face with a stick. I love it. It's hilarious. I don't know. It must be something about the uh, the Nova Scotia guys, though. You know, yeah. Crosby, Marshawn, McKinnon, they've all got attitudes. Right, right. No doubt. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Um, what You know what else is good? DraftKings. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. A new customer can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and, bet, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and, and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by just ju- jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of Requirements in state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-467. Three six nine. Um, you could also text Hopenny if, <laughs> if you if you want to pronounce it that way. <laughs> God damn! Uh, I'm gonna be laughing about that for so long. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about the caps, huh? Yeah. All right, Caps fans, today's Washington Wraparound, we have something that's quite positive to talk about. That's a perfect week. Yeah, the exact opposite of what we predicted. Exactly. Albeit a short week, but a a perfect one, nonetheless. Um, Last week, we had three games in which we probably should have won, and we biffed two of three of them. This week, we we turn it around, and we beat the Predators on the 15th, 4-1 to to start it off. Joe Snively, this kid is a menace, huh? Puts in his third of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely on a, a little hot streak right now. And, you know, the Preds are a better team than Montreal, so you can't even chalk it up to him scoring on a, a, a sorry opponent. Yeah, and just love which I was doing. I was doing that, full disclosure. I was like, all right, Snively got two with against the Canadians. That's good, but let's see what he can do against maybe a less shitty team. Yeah, and uh, he scored a goal. Yeah, so shove shove that right up my hoop. Um, scoreless second period until uh, McCarran tied it up early um, in the third. But uh, it looks like on the next minute, uh, what is it? We well, have it here: a sexy team passing play. Uh, Jensen oh, yeah. gives the Caps the lead again. This play was fucking sick, though. Carl Haglin, you know they, the fourth line keeping it in. Carl Haglin to Hathaway, who just like one touches it, uh, not between his legs, but just a one touch to behind him, right to Jensen, who is all alone, and Jensen makes no mistake. Um, really, really, really nice play to see from your fourth line of all lines. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, it was beautiful, and uh, those guys have just really been, you know, playing real well. And as we'll get into the next game, they just keep putting points up. They do, they do. Um, then on the power play, our answers were, or our wishes were answered. Alex Ovechkin with a rocket right past Jose Sar, or uh, what is it, Jose Saros, uh, to make it um, sixteen. 30 goal seasons in a row. He's second all time in that category. And then to cap it off, he gets the empty netter as he blocks a pass and then turns and fires it from the top of the circles in the defensive zone. Sammy saved 33 or 34 shots and Laviolette now has 700 wins against his old team. Um, tied for ninth all time with Mike Babcock. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty important game that we just saw rookie uh, you know, keeps the hot streak going. Fourth line scores, and then our power play scores, and then Ovi empty netter from the top of those zone circles. I like it. And Lavi, Lavi for the 700 wins and, and goaltending was good. Yeah, I mean, it's the exact kind of game the Caps needed after that week they just had. And, yeah. Um, you know, Ovi and Lavi both setting records. And like you said, Lavi let doing against his former team who he took to the cup. And, um, or wait, was Trotz the coach or was Laviolette? Laviolette was the coach, right? Yeah. And got robbed by the refs. Yeah. (laughs) Not Um, the good play of the Penguins. You know, that empty netter, it was nice, man. Blocking that pass. And I mean, he had to put it past the defenseman to get it, you know, three fourths of the ice. It was, uh, it was a good game, you know, and Laviolette just kept making history with the next game yeah, because he beats another former team, another team he took to the cup in a five to three win. And, uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah. So again, it was a road and road. So Nashville and then at, at, uh, Philadelphia, which is a little closer to home on the way back. We stopped in Philly, pretty boring, uh, first period (laughs) Philadelphia crowd, of course, is the Philadelphia crowd. Um, but, Love to see Kempney scoring late in the period, doing his his uh, I guess his signature red line backwards drag the puck thing that he does. You know, skirting the red line backward, or I mean, sorry, the blue line backwards, and gets like three layers of screen and puts it in short side off a really nice shot, um, a true snipe there. Um, Flyers did tie it up uh, with Mayhew midway in the second, but Snively answered just a few minutes later on the power play. You know, I love that he's getting power play time. Um, he's obviously of the young guy, younger guys, you know, keep in mind he's 26, but uh, he's getting his shot with Laviolette and at least Laviolette's riding a hot hand here. Um, you know, this is the type of performance that you want to see from like a McMichael to get more ice time. This is the type of performance that you want to see from any of the new guys. Uh, Cause it's undeniable at that point, you know, three goals in two games, get him out there, fourth goal um, in three games for this, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely, like you said, he's the hottest hand the, the Caps have right now, and uh, he needs to keep getting ice time. Yeah, and he's being rewarded. So I think that everybody on Caps Twitter needs to calm their tits because this is this is who you want to see when they score goals, like, you know, this is the type of volume that you need as a young guy on this team 
to be getting the real looks and, and getting rewarded with power play time and things like that. Um, again, with and, and Snively's so tenacious and he's a speedy, undersized guy. You know, he's not a big, big dude. I think he's under six foot tall. He's definitely under 200 pounds. I think he's actually under 180 um, or at 180. Um, so, you know, he just follows the puck to the net. He's got good fundamentals in that sense. Absolutely. He's uh he's he's like a little water bug out there. <laughs> uh then another late period goal for Philly by Sam Hine ends the second two two. Mayhew then gets his second of the game uh in the third to give the Flyers their first lead of the game. Now this happened with what seven minutes left? I mean it was later in the third. It was past the halfway mark, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then uh, the Caps charge back. Hathaway snags two late goals, both assisted by Haglin. To give the Caps a lead, on the game-winning goal, Hag stole the puck from behind the net and found Hathaway in front. Uh, Carlson plays some billiards in the McNugget minute and sent one off the glass deep in the D zone and made it made it the empty netter. Uh, I thought that the, the the I mean I thought that the Flyers were gonna were gonna pull one out on this. I really did. Yeah, I mean, it, it had all the, the the recipes for the Caps blowing a game, you know, pretty much controlled the game and uh, had the lead and then lost it at the end of the period and then let up a late goal. It, it really just felt like retro Caps blowing a game they should have won. And it was good to see that they had the fight in them to, to keep that uh, from happening. And like we said, the fourth line – Coming up big, Hathaway, Haglin. I mean, uh, how many more times do we have to tell you all that Carl Haglin is an extremely valuable piece of this team? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and um, go ahead, go ahead. And John Carlson. That that was such a. I mean, it was lucky, but also like uh, an impressive empty net goal. I mean, I think he was behind the the goal line. Yeah, and he just went to clear it off the glass, and it went all the way down. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was a it was a great empty netter. Um, but you know, here we are, and we talked about this earlier in the season when scoring dries up, and then the first line can't score, and then you start seeing the fourth line starting to contribute, getting our depth scoring. You know, last week it was a little bit of Connor Sheary as well, I believe. Um, you know, I. You can't live and die on the offensive production of your team. You have to be good in the in the goaltending position and in defense, and the scoring will come. With a team like the Washington Capitals, the scoring will come. You know, we're not like the New York Islanders who just have nothing, right? They're 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 quitting on their coach and they just have have nothing going for them. Instead, you know, we're getting our chances. We just need to convert on them, and that type of stuff, that type of execution will come with continued chances, right? Uh, especially if you look at it in aggregate of the whole season. I mean, we're still outscoring opponents like by 20 or more goals. So it's there. It just needs to, you know, the timing just needs to be right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the fact that they're getting the secondary scoring is uh, something to be hopeful about, knowing that the Caps have that option when the big boys aren't doing it. Yeah. Um, 
and you know to to wrap it all up i mean oshi i don't know man i don't know if he's going to be back this season uh they say he, that we'll probably see him in the playoffs, but I don't want him to injure anything more um, because every time he's come back, he's gone right back out uh, in the past past year. Uh, and then Mantha, it's looking pretty good that we'll see him before playoffs. But what condition is he going to be in after having his like shoulder completely? Basically, it sounds like a, a almost a full blown reconstruction. Um, who knows what, what those guys are going to be looking like. And I do think the Capitals are probably going to look for scoring depth, uh, at the deadline and maybe, and then Vanacek who's out. So a goalie maybe even, which I don't want, but, um, I've heard that there's been scouts in, in Dallas to look at Holpe. I've heard that, you know, we're looking at a, a ton of different, forwards. I mean, we kicked the tires on Evander Kane. Um, I heard we tried to court Marc-Andre Fleury uh, pretty heavily, but, you know, he's we're probably on a no-trade list for him, and I'm glad we passed on him, because fuck him. He's not that good, and also fuck him. He was a penguin for so long, and also, we kicked the shit out of him in the Stanley Cup Finals, so, haha. Uh, who's the real loser here? Mark Andre Fleury is, um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 you'd have to think that the Capitals are still in a win now, push hard as you can uh, during the OV years, and they're they're all in. They're going to spend the cap. So, lots of interesting things that could happen during free agency. But Polly, I mean, what do you think our needs are? You know, do you agree or do you think that? Do you think goalie and forward, or do you think that they're going to do their uh, typical go for a defenseman? Um, I would say uh, I I would want a goalie unless VTech has um, a promising return time. Yeah, I think Sammy's good. I just don't know if he is. You know, if, if they're in a cup mentality, I don't think Sammy is enough to be the only guy to take the caps to a cup. Right. So I would probably focus more on that because it seems like with getting this depth scoring, the forwards are probably okay. All right. So you think the number one thing that they need is a goaltender. Um, and I have to agree because I don't think Phoenix Copley or Hunter Shepard or Zach Fucale is going to be able to finish us strong down the stretch. Uh, you know, even in the back-to-back situations in which they might get limited limited starts, but also in the playoffs uh, themselves, like you have, you're really just married to Samsonov if the playoffs started today. Absolutely, um, I'd like to see him go after someone like um, um, losing his name. Oh, Cal Peterson. Uh, I'm obviously familiar with him because he's. A Notre Dame grad, so like I, I'm aware of who he is, but he's doing some pretty great stuff out in L.A. I think he'd be a really great compliment. Um, if the Ducks weren't having a great season, Gibson would be a good option if they could get him. Right. Um, I really don't think anyone better than Gibson is even a possibility. Now, do you think that we're looking for a rental goalie? Or like a two, uh, three-year solution? I would think they're just going to take whatever they can get, and it'd probably be a rental. 
Yeah. Well, when you put it that way, then the money constraints kind of come off for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if the tandem that they're going to be comfortable with for the next four years is Sammy and VTech, which it should be like, that should be in a perfect world, how the position progresses in DC. But looking at the inconsistencies of both those tenders, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. So I, I, I'm just, usually I have a good feeling, you know, every year is like, okay, the caps need this. This is what they're going to go after. And they're probably going to get like, maybe not their first choice, but their second. And right now I'm thinking that they're digging deep into like third and fourth string, third and fourth choices in, in the positions that we just talked about. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're just gonna have to take what they can get, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, as of right now, I mean, what do you think about the Caps' playoff chances? Think we're gonna get past the first round? Um, I think that's a reasonable expectation, but I also don't think it would be completely ridiculous to think that they'll lose in the first round because they haven't made it past the first round since the cup. So they really have to do something different. Yeah, I agree. But Laviolette might be the guy. He um, might. It, yeah, I mean, Laviolette would be the guy to find that breakthrough, I believe. Sure, I agree too. Um, but it it does not look good for the Caps right now in the playoff uh, picture. Is we'll make it. I mean, we're. I think that we're securely in the wild card spot. I think we're coming into a soft uh, area in our season. <clears throat> you know, we're like uh, over five points ahead, or we're like five points ahead of Boston, and then I think we're like, um, like almost double digit points ahead of losing the wild card spot. So, I think that the Caps maybe we'll get into the third position in the Metro. But honestly, a wild card spot for the Caps might be one of the better matchups considering it would be, well, maybe not. It'd be like Carolina, the Penguins, or if we fell even further, Florida or Tampa Bay, right? (laughs) Yeah, I really don't like that. Yeah. So maybe I'm... Maybe I'm talking shit, but against the Atlantic, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I think Florida would probably kick the shit out of us right now. Yeah, they probably would. I mean, the the Caps have competed with them this season, but a seven-game series is a very different animal. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, you look at who we would play – you know, in in interdivision play, you know, it would be like the Rangers or Pittsburgh or Carolina. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Maybe it's Toronto. Maybe Toronto goes on a hot streak. Well, I guess I like the chances better against them, but you know, Capitals being Capitals would be the team that let Toronto win their first series in however long. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, 
you know, doom and gloom here to, to end it here. But let's look at uh, let's look at our predictions from last week. We both said zero and two, right? Yeah, and we were completely wrong. But we knew we were trying to be wrong because this is how. So we're not really wrong. We were kind of right because I said zero and two because I wanted that bad mojo to counteract um, any anything you know good that the Caps could enjoy to keep the force in balance here. And um, I halfway knew that we were going to go two and zero. Yeah, working on that reverse karma. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, though I did say that Ovi would score two goals. You and he right. did. And I was, again, right, as usual. You yeah. said one. You're a fucking hater. Yeah, I'm just a piece of shit for that. <laughs> Next week, Caps fans, we've got, we're at the Rangers in Madison Square Garden on the 24th, and then we're at Philly. So we're just, we're on the road. Um, this has technically been like our bye week. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Cause that was uh, part of the most recent CBA was every team got a bye week and seeing as how the last game was on a Thursday and the next game is on a Thursday. One would think that this is our bye week. I mean, I don't know that officially, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. And then moving way into the future, we've got, we're at home against Toronto. So a team we just talked about. Um, but Thursday yeah, and Saturday, yeah, yeah. So big homestand coming up, um, uh, at the end of the month into March where we're going to be back at it against some pretty challenging teams. And then March looks pretty rough in the beginning. I mean, we've got Carolina twice, uh, Calgary, Seattle, Edmonton, uh, no, we have Carolina three times in March. My bad. St. Louis. I mean, it could be a rough March, but hopefully the boys catch stride. They get some guys who are injured back and we get to see Anthony Mantha light it up. That would be really nice. Yeah, it really would see him uh, catch fire before the playoffs. So I'm going two and oh, I think we build on this week. And we've got some, I mean, I know, you know, the Caps are really bad at coming back off of vacation time, but I'm still going to go 2-0 and because I think that I've done enough. You can't do too much uh, reverse karma there or it defeats the purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Then it just becomes you're trying to beat the system. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then I'm going to say Ovi's going to have three goals. Well, that's a big week. It is. Um, I'm going to say two OB goals and just to be different and to upset you one Oh and one. Oh, of course. All right. OT lost three points out of the week. Um, all right. Well, uh, both division games. So these are pretty important. These are, there's technically eight points on the table this week. So, uh, Hopefully the Caps can can capitalize on that momentum that they've built and they're rested up. You know, any nagging injuries are feeling a little bit better. Um, they're working maybe a little bit on special teams, power play, penalty kill, all of it. Maybe even a little three-on-three action so that we can uh, 
prove Polly wrong here in that overtime situation. <laughs> yeah, get that two and zero. Yeah, secure it. Um, but Capsans, that's all for this week or for this uh, Monday episode. Join us on Thursday. We're going to do a full breakdown of the Olympic tournament, and uh, we'll talk to you then. So, uh, also, if you like our podcast, you know, tell everybody about it and um, find wherever you can rate us and give us five stars only. Five stars only. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Church podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.